All right, Romans chapter number three. Uh, let's go to Romans. Yeah, let's go to Romans three. We're doing part two of showing you some scriptures how to get a man lost. Amen. So how do you get a man lost? He's already lost. Amen. He's just got to know he's lost. Amen. And that's the hard part. You're showing them what the Scripture says. We hit Romans 3 last week. Verse 10, as is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh after God. They're all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. That's You're going to get a spiritual flat tire and your soul winning right there. Amen. Amen. It's one thing to tell a man this. It's another thing to show a man this and allow him to read it for himself and see the indictment that God has against him. Amen. Yeah. Uh, let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you. I ask you to bless this now in Jesus' name. Amen. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. You understand? That's the hard part about selling the gospel. If you don't have the negative, you ain't going to, the positive don't matter. And a lot of people are trying to use the positive. Just say this prayer and you go to heaven. You want to forgive Just say this prayer. And then there's some preachers, like I told you, they got to get you lost, 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 lost. I mean, it don't matter if the golf ball's a foot in off the you know, off, out of bounds or a mile out of bounds. Amen? You got to understand you're lost. People got to understand they're lost. I think there ought to be a wrestling match with God. I think God will convict a man, show him he's lost. And, and I think he begins to wrestle with God over that thing. A lot of these guys, these hyper soul winners, that sinner's never one time wrestled with God about a sin when they deal with them. Amen? I think there ought to be a wrestling match. I think there's a war. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God. There's a war. They don't have no peace. There's conviction comes in. They're guilty. They begin to see themselves as God sees them. That's an unpleasant process. Then they got to see that there's no hope for them, that they need a Savior. You understand? In India, they hear about Jesus. They say, oh, it's just... Drop him in with the three or four hundred I already worship. Yeah. Amen. No, he is the Lord, the one and only. Amen. He's not an idol. Amen. You understand? But you got to get these people lost. They got to understand that they're, they're no good. That is a hard thing to get worked in. I know these hyper soul winners, they'll sit back and they'll say, Well, if I just get him to call on God and say a prayer, then he's automatically going to go to heaven, and then God can wash all that other stuff out, take the rest of his life to undo all the kinks you put in his head. You understand? Amen. Well, it's just like a girl saying, If I jump in the back seat and get pregnant, the guy will marry me. He might. You might not have much of a home. Yeah. Amen. You want to have a baby, why don't you wait and do it right? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Why don't you find a guy that really loves you? Yeah. Amen. Instead of trying to put your hooks into something you think you want. Yeah. There's a lot of women spending their time trying to get a man to love them that don't love them. Yeah. Amen. So then they fall in love with his wallet. Hello. 
I've heard a bunch of them out there say, first time for love, second time for money. Amen. Listen, we're, we're all excited about young people meeting other young people, and if God puts them together and they get married and they have children, praise God. But it ought to be an ideal situation. There ought to be a process that they go through finding out if they got something they can agree on besides just male and female. Hello? Amen. Amen. I knew a girl down in Mississippi. I got to get a hook. Got to get a hook. I just got to get a hook. Yeah, she got hooked. And she got a little baby now she don't want. But she had to have a hook. She got hooked. Hello? Amen. Listen, uh, we can go out there and we can try to get somebody saved and go through the process, but it doesn't mean it's legitimate. Amen. He said over there, he said, if you... Don't endure chastening. There's a good chance you're a bastard and not a son. You know what that means? You're illegitimate. You're a person, but you may not be God's son just because you got religious. Amen. Well, I thought I'd get a lot of amens out of that. Verse 19. Now we know that what th things soever the law saith, it saith to them that under the law that every mouth may be what? Just politely just say, shut your mouth. <laughs> God's got a witness program here to silence people. But they won't get silent. A good, a good evidence that they didn't get cut to the heart is that they're not silent. If they're rebelling, they're not listening to your argument. If they're contentious and they're fighting with you, there's a good chance they're not listening. And so what they want to do is just argue. That's why it's important for them to read that and understand and you to tread slowly. And sit back to you. See, you realize what God just said there? Read it again to me, sir, ma'am. But see, you can't get people long, slow down enough to be able to look at it and hear it. That every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become what? There you go. Show them that verse. Said, are you guilty? Uh, no. Go to, go to court. How many people in a courtroom is guilty? How many convicted murderers, serial killers, get up there and they give a plea of not guilty? We're trained in a society of people out there never to admit their guilt. Have you sinned? Are you guilty? See, what we got to do is we, we got to fish around a... Uh, 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 a bowl full of sins and try to pull something out and try to get it to stick to those, these rascals today. They don't, they don't believe living in sin's wrong. They don't believe homosexuality's wrong. They don't believe a homo preacher's wrong. They don't believe nothing's wrong. They don't believe murdering babies are wrong. You got to find something that's going to stick because they're trained to eschew it. They're trained to, to get rid of it. You got to get them isolated and sit down and say, hey, you're guilty. We can't, we can't get people to sit long enough in churches to do that. Joel Steen, Rick Warren ain't doing that. Amen. Amen. The Southern Baptists ain't doing that. They're now promoting homos in the pulpit and everything. Want to ordain them and everything. Listen, they don't see nothing wrong with anything. Everybody's right. And according to scriptures, everybody's wrong. You've got to get them lost. Soul winning's uncomfortable, unpleasant. Amen. It's confrontational. You must confront somebody and face them face to face and talk with them. Open up the Word of God. Say, here. Amen. I like going to the jails. 
You walk in, I got two hours to deal with these birds. <laughs> Hello? Yeah. Hey, man, walk right up. Hey, bud, it's time. The game's on. Let's get it. Sure. That's what I like. You walk in. What are we doing? We're having church. And I'm here to preach to you to get you saved, get your life turned around. And, man, it is on. Hey, man, get them, they get mad, they get up, walk out, say, good, bye, see ya. Hello? Hey, man, if they can't get right sitting in a jail and they're not awake now, do you think they'll ever wake up? A bunch of them don't. A bunch of them get out and get back out on the street and they come back in. Repeat offenders. Why? Because they're getting three squares, living easy. Give them a 16-pound sledge and a set of shackles, amen. Let them sweat, breaking up big rocks into little rocks, amen. And I tell you what, maybe they decide not to go back to the pen. Amen. Cheapen the quality of food. Sheriff Pio or whatever his name is out there in Arizona or New Mexico, he turns around and they say, we don't like this green bologna. He said, good, don't come back. He puts on pink underwear and all this other stuff on them, shame them, make them feel like idiots. He said, I don't want you to get comfortable here and like it here. This ain't a resort. Amen. Amen. What have we become? We got America's become a bunch of pansies. Yep. Come on. Hello. Yep. Amen. Listen, they can't. Listen, in jail, they they still don't even want to wake up. But you must face them. Listen, we preached at Jimmy Hood's mission for years. People's lost everything. They're on the streets. They stink. They can't even shave and bathe. They can't even afford food, but they're just waiting for that welfare check so they can go get a fix. They're buying their time. They come to the place where they can't even produce nothing for themselves and expect everybody else's Christian charity to supply their fix for them. They're not willing to listen even when they've lost it all. We got to get people to the place where, hey, wake up! It's unpleasant. That's why a lot of people don't want to be a soul winner. And that's why we try to have evangelistic services to try to get people to come in and do the dirty work for us. Man, if, if I bring them in, they sit in church and they, they're, they're there, I'll get these hired guns to come in and we'll just blow them up. And good Lord willing, amen, they'll be saved by the time service is over. You got to get the Holy Ghost to deal with them, and you got to get them to a place where they can hear God's crying out, He that hath ears to hear. Take heed what you hear, take heed how you hear. People ain't interested in hearing what we got to say. Therefore, we must pray and be prepared. All right, Tori's got some. Uh, how to witness to anyone. He's got books out there to tell you different ways to witness to different types of people. Because different people need different methods. You say, well, methods, yes. They may need a different verse. A housewife may need something more different than a drunkard. A good woman at home raising her babies, living a moral life, she may not need the same verses that a bank robber needs. But most of them all still work the same. It's just how the conversation leads. How do you get them lost? They got to see what, what they're hoping in and trusting in and leaning on and relying on will fail them in the end. That is a bitter pill. That is the hard part about soul winning is they got to swallow the medicine. They got to admit, I need a doctor. I need help. And the government is telling everybody the answer's them. And you can't get nothing unless you get a man of degree. And the only way you can get something from a man of degree is that if we accredited him. 
And they discredit us. They discredit the Bible. And so we got to be able to have something to be able to give to them. They must become guilty. Verse 20, Therefore, in view of what you've just read from 10 to 19, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. You know what you do? You take them to the Word of God and you show them you've transgressed. You have violated God's laws and commands. Amen. Therefore, they say God's unjust instead of saying they're unjust. You understand? That's the whole, That book's not fair. That's not right. God's unjust. And that's what men are doing. They're condemning God and they're going to stand before him one day and they're going to try to judge and condemn God. Right. Instead of them admitting themselves, this book is to show man his history. You know what man says? Get rid of it. We don't want it. So that makes your job as a soul winner that much harder and that much tougher because they don't believe the book. It's your base in everything you believe about. Amen. Right here, the words, the very words. My faith is dependent upon the words of this book. That's why they want to get rid of that book. That's why they want to get rid of you. That's why they say your Christianity belongs only in your closet. Don't bring it out of your bedroom. They don't mind flaunting their stuff outside. But don't you dare bring up God. Don't mention God. Don't mention Jesus. Unless you're cussing them. I was listening to Dr. Ruckman, I think it was. And uh, he was talking about a fella, and they told him, they said, uh, they said, you, you can't talk about Jesus Christ around here no more. He said, all right, I'll talk about him as much as you talk about him. You think about that. Every time you guys say a GD and a Jesus Christ, I'll mention Jesus Christ and say God bless instead of God. Amen. <laughs> Hello. See, they don't mind. Listen, I hear them wing it out all the time. Jesus Christ. But it's not, it's not in a positive light. Right. Hello. Amen. Amen. Why can't I shed positive light on him? Why is it always got to be negative light shined on Jesus? Amen. How about if I shine a negative light on you, you dirty rascal? Amen. Amen. Right? Yeah. That's what they are. They dress themselves up. They march around. They do this. They hold candles. Oh, isn't that wonderful to see the hundreds of people show up holding candles? <laughs> humming. Kumbaya. You know. Listen. Right? Amen. Just because we're having a candlelight visual doesn't mean we're all spiritual people and know God. There's billions of people that claim to know God's going to burn in hell. Jesus said, you believe in God? John 14, 1. Believe also in me. Hello. The thing you got to do with your Bible and learn, you got to learn the address. You know how to get here, but you know the address of this place. 5217 Wadworth. You better know the address. Listen, how do you learn the Bible? Learn the address. Amen. So it don't matter which Bible you pick up. Nick's Bible, my wife's Bible, Cindy's Bible. Amen. We all carry different Bibles, not different versions. Right? She's got an open Bible. I got a Cambridge. They got a Ruckman Bible. My daughter's got a Tom and Nelson Bible. God forgive her. <laughs> hey. Hello. Hey, hey, man, I'm having fun this morning. Thomas Nelson, huh? 
Yeah, I don't know what she's got. Hey, man, I'm just making a joke. She's probably got a church Bible, yeah. right? She's got a bear. Yeah, she's got a Nelson. Amen. Her 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 Bible's messed up. Amen. I found I found a mistake in it. They changed the text. Got to be careful with old Mister Nelson. He's crooked. Amen. Listen, I'm just yeah. But we got to take them to the law. The, the word of God will show them that they're lost. So where's the simplest way to get them lost? If you take them to the law. No. That's not going to the law. The law is the Old Testament. Right? Take them to the Ten Commandments. Show them if they've kept them. Okay, where's the Ten Commandments at? Deuteronomy. Where? Deuteronomy 5 and Exodus 20, Deuteronomy 5. You've got to know where they're at. You've got to be able to open them up and show it to them. And show them that they violated these laws. Amen. Now, where's the first commandment located? They all say they keep the Ten Commandments. Where's the first commandment? The great and first commandment. Where's it located? Uh, it's Deuteronomy 6, isn't it? Yes. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 5 and 6. Listen, we've got to get people lost. Do you understand? And you got to take them to the law. You got to be able to show them that they're lost. And this is one of my favorite things I like to do. Go to Deuteronomy five and Deuteronomy six. Amen. You there yet? Yeah. Deuteronomy five verse seven. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. You can sit back and ask that individual. Do you have any other gods before you? Is the Lord God, the creator of heaven and earth, your Lord and God? Or do you have something else before him? Could be your children, could be your husband, could be your wife, could be your job. Hello, could be Mary, could be Buddha. We went to a Chinese restaurant the other day. My wife took a picture of this bottle and it says how to get happy. And you get, a, a, you get this booze in this bottle of Buddha. You're drinking from Buddha. I'm just glad I got a Bible and I can bow my head and say, God, I thank you, Lord, if there's anything offered to idols, I, I thank you, Lord, that it's, it's nothing. An idol's nothing. Yep. You understand? The meat offered to it, it's nothing. It's lucky Buddha. It's lucky Buddha. Amen? Get you, get you something, man. It'll make you lucky. Drink, drink out of Buddha. Amen? Just pop the top off his head and chug it down. Ain't that corrupt? But these people got false gods. They trust in them. They're idols. Right? Amen. Number two, verse 8. Thou shalt make, not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the waters beneath the earth. There goes all your knickknacks. <laughs> Hello? Aren't our stores full of graven images? Yeah. People don't bow down and worship them. I don't know. I went to one lady's house. She had 300 brass objects in there. I wonder if she worshiped brass objects. I wonder if they worship salt and pepper shakers. I wonder if they worship ceramic dolls. I wonder if they worship concrete geese on their front porch. <laughs> Will they go out of their way to put dresses on them and decorate them all year long? And when it's Christmas time, they put a little red thing on them, make it look like Santa. Hello. Yeah. I know a bunch of them. You go down here, they got Mary, concrete Mary you put in the backyard. Sink half of a bathtub down in there to cover her up, make a shrine for her, decorate her. We got neighbors who go out and put flowers in her hands. I wonder, well, we don't worship her. What, what, what are you doing that for? 
You go down here to Immaculate Conception on Smithfield, you go over there, there's a huge grove. There's evil spirits over there, man. Yeah, there is. Amen. Amen. Behind every idol's a devil. Yep. Right? Watch the popes. You can go on YouTube or on the internet, man, and, and click images and type in statues of Mary. And man, there's they're they're bowing down, they're kissing her, they're they they come walking down the street with Mary on a pole. Amen. That's funny. Amen. <laughs> and you come walking down through the street and everybody's bowing down, they can't wait to kiss it. Oh, we don't worship Mary. Oh, yeah, but you guys believe that she's the co-mediatrix, that she is actually the god of Catholicism. You know what it is? It's an idol. It's a false god. Yeah. So you know how the Catholics get around that verse right there? Second commandment. You know how the Catholics get out of it? They take it out. It's gone. <laughs> Solves that problem. Let's make some idols. Right? Read Acts 16, what happened when Paul cast him out. Read about great goddess Diana and how Paul, amen, cast out an evil spirit and those men saw the hopes of their gain. This, our craft, is in danger. And then so is the great goddess Diana who is in churches now yeah. named Mary. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. So what they do, they remove the verse. Catholics don't want to talk to you about this verse. Number three, Verse 11, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. His last name's not damn. Amen. Amen. Hello. Amen. Amen. For the Lord will not heal him guiltless, hold him guiltless that taketh the name, his name in vain. Verse 12, number 4, Thou shalt keep the Sabbath day and sanctify it as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee. Listen, that's a, that's a seven-day Adventist. That's the whole foundation of their religions right there. And you know what they do? They violate that verse. You study and you find out what, what, what the Sabbath day was all about and who it was. Yeah. Amen. And they violate it. Amen. Amen. Six days shall thou labor and do all thy work. Do you think they do that? Nope. How can they only work five days? Have Friday and Saturday off. Or Sunday and Monday off. Whatever they do. They're violators. They don't work six days a week. You understand what I'm saying? They're not out there working on Sunday when everybody else is off on Sundays. Oh, boss, I'm, I'm a seven-day Adventist, and I, I got to work Sunday. I know the whole business is shut down. I got to work Sunday, so I, but I'm supposed to work six days a week according to Scriptures. You think they do that? Bums. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Try to pawn himself off on Saturday thinking they're keeping the Sabbath and they're six to seven hours off time limit from, from Jerusalem. They start at six hours late and they finish at six hours late. And then they kindle a fire. <laughs> they're not allowed to kindle a fire on the Sabbath. I guarantee you they fire up their stoves, they fire up their car, they fire up a lot of things. And then I, I nailed one down. I said, okay, all the people that violate the Sabbath, do you take stones and stone them? Boy, they really got mad about that. I said, you're violating the Sabbath. Anybody who violates the Sabbath and you don't kill them, you're not honoring the Sabbath. They don't want to talk about that. I said, you bunch of hypocrites. Boy, they really get mad. I mean, they liked it. But see, they're violators of the law. you got to take them to the law and show them how they violate it. Amen. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God 
and in it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thine ox, nor thine ass, nor any of the cat, thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates, that thy manservant and thy maidservant may rest as well as them, or thou. Amen. Remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord thy God has brought thee hence through a, uh, a mighty hand, and by a stretched out arm. Therefore the Lord thy God commandeth thee to keep the Sabbath day. That's to Israel. Exodus, or Ezekiel 20, 20. Amen? They won't want to take you there and say, See, God said keep the Sabbath. You don't keep it because you worship on Sunday. You blooming idiot. Amen? You don't know the difference between the church and Israel? Yeah, come on. There's a difference between the church and Israel. Right? Amen? Is there a difference or is there not? Right? The church is made up of who? Jew and Gentile. They're born again people that got saved. And Paul's the apostle to the church. Right? The uncircumcision. And nowhere when he addresses, he gives nine of the ten commandments and he leaves out the Sabbath. Why? Because it's addressed to the nation of Israel. Amen. It's a sign. It's a sign between God. You've got to understand that. So that's how you deal with the seven-day Adventist. Verse 16. Here's the killer. Honor thy father and thy mother as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee. Amen. That thy days may be what? Prolonged. Prolonged. And that it may be well with thee where? In the land. That's dealing with Israel in the land. Are you in the land? When you go to Ephesians chapter 6, that thy days may be long upon the earth. It's different for somebody in the church age Amen. than it is for Israel. You must understand that. They have a particular piece of property that God wants them to be in. And their relationships with that piece of property. And they got carried away out of the land, dispersed, sent around. Now God's bringing them back to the land. That's his land that they're trying to part over there. But when you go to Paul, and Paul's teaching you, it says that thy days may be long upon the earth. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Have you always obeyed your mom? Have you always obeyed your dad? Amen. And the average person would say, absolutely not. I have sassed my mom, sassed my dad, have not done what they told me to do. I am a violator of the Ten Commandments and dishonoring and disobeying my parents. Hello? Yep. Right there. Do you always obey your parents? Did they ever spank Now, she never got a spanking from her daddy. <laughs> but I gave her a bunch of them. No. <laughs> I wish that was in the Bible. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. There's, there's a bunch of folks teach you how to do that. Yeah. Sometimes I wish I could. <laughs> Let's go play golf, honey. <laughs> oh, my daughter's looking at me bad now. Amen. But listen, I can't do that. I'm told to love her. Amen. She's told to submit to me. Who's got the worst end of the deal? She does. She does. Amen. She's got to obey me. Amen. But I didn't write that. But listen, you know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to honor your parents. Right? Hello? You know how many people violate that? They're transgressors of the law if they violate the law. Right? right. Next. Number 17, thou shalt not kill. Four letters. You know what Jesus did? He expounded on that. He expanded it. He said, if you hate somebody in your heart, 
you're a murderer. You've killed him already. So he took it a step farther. You know what he tried to show you? Murder comes from the heart. And if you'll kill him in your heart, you might as well just gone through and done the process. Amen? I like what Brother Phil Kidd said. He said this. He said, he said, there's not a man that gets out of church and gets away from church that hadn't started a long process of sin thinking sitting in the pew. You understand? He's done thought it all out. Listen, people commit murder. They done thought it all out and they planned it. And it's a job of a prosecutor, amen, and an attorney to try to prove the intent of that individual's heart. And they lie all the way through that thing. Hello? Amen. They try to cover it up. They try to do everything they can about it. Cain killed Abel. Where's our brother Abel? I'm not my brother's keeper. His blood cries out from the ground. God knows. You can't hide it from God. Right. Next, neither shall thou commit adultery. Man says, well, I ain't committed adultery. Yeah, but in your heart you have. If you look upon a woman to lust. Hello. If you look and go, you know what? You think about that thing and go, man, I wonder what she'd be like going to California for a weekend. You done committed adultery where? In your heart. You know where you know where God knows all the sins at? It's in your heart. Amen. Verse 19, neither shall thou steal. Let me ask you a question. You ever stole any glory from God? You ever taken a credit for something? You steal an honor from God? Glory from God? <laughs> Hello? Amen. Men do. Men think there's something when they're what? Nothing. Nothing. They strut around. They're so proud, so arrogant. They think God gave them their strength. God gave them. Listen, they, they don't give glory to God. God made me what I am. There's women that worship themselves in the mirror. And that was a God-given thing. They've never given God they've never given God glory for how He made them. They worship themselves. Stealing the glory from God. Hello. There's still time. You steal time from your family? You steal time off your life? People go out there and live like daredevils, tempting God. They wind up cutting their life short. They stole. Amen. My wife got in trouble one time for stealing. Got busted. The preceding things that followed were rough. Her mom made her eat the candy bar she stole. That about killed her. Taught her a valuable lesson. I stole a pair of 49 cent earrings one time. My sister liked them. I said, watch this. I come home, <laughs> my mom goes, where'd you get these? My sister didn't know what to say. She lied. My mom put the pressure on her, told her that I took them, gave them to her. She knew I didn't have no money. How did I get them from Kmart? She loads me up in the car, takes me back to Kmart. I want to see the manager. Goes, gets the manager. Brings the manager in, call the police. They call the police. I'm in the back of Kmart in the manager's office and then walk the cops. 
I wonder if them police officers think they ever did anything to help me that day. Try to encourage a kid not to steal again. It was 49 cents. It was petty, but it was stealing. I took something that didn't belong to me. I was a thief. I got busted, but God's mercy tried to scare me straight. Isn't that a blessing? Amen. Trying to teach me crime don't pay. Your sin will find you out. Well, i tell you what, there's a lot of blessings that came in my life back then. Amen. Thou shalt not steal. God, I'm guilty. I stole I stole a simple little 49-cent pair of ears. I stole a piece of bubble gum, a penny piece of bubble gum. Nobody found that out. I just confessed it to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Amen. Listen, you could, you, could, you could sink somebody right there. They're guilty. They steal stuff. People walk up, take a plate off your, or uh, take a chip or a fry off your plate. They done stole. Yeah. Doesn't belong to them. Amen. You borrow something without asking, stealing. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now, if I reach in my wife's wallet and take money out of it, I'm not stealing because I produced it and put it in there. Amen. Right? right? She comes and gets money out of my wallet. She's allowed to. She's got permission. Amen. Amen. Then, verse 20, Neither shalt thou bear false witness against thy neighbor. That's lying. Didn't say lying. That's bearing false witness. A lie. Do you always tell the truth or do you exaggerate? Well, white lie, small lie, little lie, a lie is a lie. They encourage people to lie. The whole world tells you to lie all the time. God says what? Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Revelation 21.8 says, And all liars shall have their part where? In the lake of fire. You ever lied? Sunk. Gone. James 2.10. What? You offended one point, you're guilty of all. You violate this one time, it's over with. You're sunk, bud. Amen. Guess what? According to the Word of God, the lake of fire will be your final destination. Do you understand that? You are guilty before God. One sin, no matter how small, is an infraction upon God. And now you think you're good or outweigh your bad. You think that's going to make the difference to get you into heaven. You cannot do that. Right? You're a transgressor. According to that, you've transgressed the law. Amen. Next. Twenty-one. Thou shalt, neither shalt thou desire thy neighbor's wife, neither shalt thou covet thy neighbor's house. See, covet and desire is connected, defining each other. And thy neighbor's house, his field, or his manservant, or his maidservant, his ox, or his ass, or anything that is thy neighbor's. You know what that is? Thou shalt not covet. Don't desire, don't want, don't try to take something that belongs to somebody else. It's theirs. Set your affections on things above, not on things of birth. You know what's getting us in a whole lot of trouble? Everybody wants what you got. They want your hairdo, they want your face, they want your appearance. I said, I don't know about that. Well, the people do. They're not happy and satisfied and content with what they are because they're flawed. And they look in the mirror and they see what they are and they're discontented. They're unhappy. And so, therefore, they want something. You know what? I don't care what brand new product came out last night. It's in the stores this morning. I don't want it. Because I don't know right now that I need it. 
I don't even know it exists. So what they got to do is they got to advertise and stir up a desire in you to create in you a need to go get something you don't or, want, or get you to want something you don't need. And so you see all these ads, you see all the commercials. Listen, all the movies and everything you watch is just filler for all the commercials. The commercials is what gets you. Why do you think they're going to spend millions during the Super Bowl to put on a 30-second ad to get you to buy something you don't need? You know why America is in debt today? Because they made it convenient for you to go buy stuff you don't need because you're covetous. The whole thing about Christmas is not Jesus Christ's birthday. It's covetousness. What do you want? 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 Hello? Amen. We're covetous. And don't say nothing against that. Why? Because we're covetous and we want it. And I get good things. And I love Santa Claus because he gives me good things. And I just want good things because I'm covetous. Right? Hello? But they don't think there's nothing wrong with it, and God says there is. We take it and glamorize sin to where adultery, we eat it up. Murder, we eat it up. Lying and cheating, we eat it up. Covetousness, we eat it up. We don't have to honor mom and dad. The sitcoms and the TV shows, the children run the house, and the woman runs the man, and they think that's the way society's supposed to be. A million times contrary to the Word of God, and they're patterning their life to be contrary to that book. And so, what you got to do is you got to take the book and say, Oh, you know, you're upside down. This is the way God wants you. You understand? You're right. You take something straight and lay it down beside something crooked, you'll, you'll be able to tell this is straight, they're crooked. Amen. And you get them to look in the mirror. They don't like what they see. Right. You get out of my house right now. Don't you ever come back. You and that preacher and your church, get out of here. That's the treatment you get. So now we got to devise a way to get them in heaven without making them say something bad about me. Right? right. Amen. And I ain't going to bring him to that church because he's going to peel their onion. And he's going to make them cry and weep. And he... He, yeah, that's what you got to do. You got to put them under divine conviction. Hello. Deuteronomy chapter number six. I told you to go to the Ten Commandments, didn't I? Take them to the law. The law is concluded. What? For the knowledge of sin. For Right? Let me go back and quote Romans real quick. Deuteronomy chapter number six. He said over there in Romans... He said, therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in sight. By the law is the knowledge of sin. God's revealing to you what sin is. People don't want to know what sin is. They don't want to think anything's wrong. God wants you to know what sin is so you don't practice it. Right? Amen? Look at Deuteronomy chapter number 6. Verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is what? One Lord. See, that's why they don't believe in the Trinity. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy might. Right? right? And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart. That is the first and great commandment according to Jesus in Matthew 22, verse 36 and 37. Yep. That's not listed in the 10. 
There's people today that's going to think that if they keep the Ten Commandments somehow, they're going to make it into heaven. Jesus used the Ten Commandments in Matthew chapter number 19 dealing with a young man. Yep. He quoted five of them. He said, all these I kept from my youth up. And he said, go and sell what thou hast. He said, thou lackest one thing. Go and sell all thou hast, and thou shalt have life. And you know what? He went away sorrowful. Why? Because he had great possessions. You know what he was? He was covetous. Sunk him on covetousness. Paul said, I had not known sin, except the law said, Thou shalt not covet. Romans chapter 7. Amen. Hello. You want to show these people that keep the Ten Commandments? They didn't keep this one. What's the second commandment Jesus gave them? Thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself. Upon these two hang all the law and the prophets. Amen. You know what? They don't keep that. They don't love them with all their heart. No. They don't love them with all their mind. Nope. They don't love them with all their soul and strength, might. Amen. When was the last time you gave every ounce of your fiber and love God with every ounce of your body? I doubt very seldom anybody ever does that. No. All their heart, they love themselves. <laughs> right? They lavish everything upon themselves. The Bible says, This know also in the last days, perilous times shall come, men shall be lovers of their own selves. Right? They love themselves. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Tell me I'm the best of all. Yeah. Right? Amen. Amen. I'm just trying to tell you, a man loves himself and hates God, and you got to present that to him, that your love is misguided, misdirected, going to the wrong place. Your love ought to be on your creator, not the creation. Amen. Bible said they'll love to worship the creature more than the creator, Romans chapter 1. God is showing man is heading in the wrong direction. Man is going the wrong way, don't want to see that he's lost. He's proud. He thinks he knows best. And God said, hey, dummy, you're going to fall in the ditch because you're following a blind leader. Yeah. Amen. That's right. Amen. Amen. That's the hard part about soul winning, man. You got to chisel away. You got to chisel away. You got to chisel. You got to chisel. You got to try to get into a fortress. Yeah. They got a heart that's got, that's got concrete walls and barriers and Constantina wire and, and a moat around about it with crocodiles and, and piranha and everything else. They don't want you in. And you got to somehow get in there. How are you going to get in there? It's tough. But you got to take words. Who shall tell thee words? Where? Look at it. Look at this. Let's go to Acts 11. You want a sermon? Acts 11. Peter's rehearsing what happened to Cornelius and everything. Verse 14. He said, Who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved? You think the federal public schools will tell you words how to be saved? You think the news media this morning is going to have headlines how to be born again on the front? You think that? You think, you think Time Life and Newsweek is going to do that? You think New York Times is going to do that? You think Obama's going to step up behind the pulpit and say, Listen, America, you're lost and going to hell today, and I'm simply going to open up the Bible and tell you how to be born again so we can have a great nation once again. He ain't going to do that. Your governments ain't going to do that. The press and media ain't going to do that. You think Alcoholics Anonymous is going to tell you the answer? I turned on. I didn't turn on. I went into the kitchen at work and they had Quincy on. 
and Quincy's on an old TV show years ago about a medical examiner. And I'm sitting there eating my lunch, looking up, watching that thing in the cafeteria. And uh, this woman goes into AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, and they're trying to encourage each other to listen, we're always an alcoholic. We'll never get out of it. The only hope we got is to have each other. And I'm going, she says, there is no cure. Isn't that a blessing? Wouldn't you like to go to some place like AA and say, you're drunk and there ain't no cure, you're helpless. <laughs> but if you just keep coming with us, keep talking with us, and, and we do it one day at a time, and then you get all of us gathered around, you'll get the victory. Well, we do know there's a higher power, but uh, really what we need is each other. And if your higher power is Buddha, good for you. If your higher power is, you know, some sexy model in Hollywood, amen, then whatever your higher power is. Right. They won't look that drunk in the eye and say, the only hope you got, bud, is repentance toward God, faith in Lord Jesus Christ. And a King James Bible. You get in that book, according to Psalm 119, verse 11, what's it say? How about verse 9? Psalm 119, verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed thereto, according to thy word. Right? And then Psalm 10, verse 10 says... With my whole heart. And then verse 11. Thy word, have I my heart. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. You want cure to sin? Hide this book in your heart. How do you do that? Read it, study it, memorize it. Amen. Devour it. Overdose on the book. I tell all them men in the jail, man, I said, you spend much time in that book as you do drinking, smoking, and partying, amen, you'd be white as snow, man. <sighs> amen, they got overdose on the book. You know what none of them want to do? Open up the book and overdose on it. You know how Jack Wood, you know how Jack Wood got victory over heroin? Huh? He quit, got a little Marsh in his lap, sat in the rocking chair, and read this Bible, and shook and shook and went through the cold detox and, and the cold sweats and the, and the trembling. And he got victory with the King James Bible over heroin. Amen. And wrote a track called From Narcotics to the Nazarene. You know how he beat it? He beat it with that. Amen. You know why Jack Wood was a great preacher? Because he put faith in this book. Amen. And he trusted this book and God delivered him. And then he encouraged men that God can deliver you. Yeah. Where's the answer? This book. Amen. This book. This book. This Amen. book. Amen. That's what people don't want, but it's this book. Overdose on the book. Amen. We got to get in places. Nobody. Listen, we're 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 like a Navy SEAL, man. We got to sneak in and get in some places and start work doing some work inside. You got to be able to do that. If we can't do that, what's going to happen to them? If we just keep silent, put duct tape on our mouth, don't open our mouth, don't quote the scriptures to them, don't tell them what they need, where are they going to go? They're already heading like a bullet to hell. And you may be the only roadblock they got. And maybe the words of this King James Bible might be the only thing stop you in your tracks. Like I told you about William Sneblin. Amen. He was, he was a 90-degree mason. He went through the Druid uh, uh, Satanic priesthood. He went through the Roman Catholic priesthood. He went through the Mormons, uh, all that other kind of stuff. He, listen, this guy was ate up. He was a vampire sucking blood out of 26 people's necks. And a preacher one day quoted one verse, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Boom, hit him. 
Rocked his world, what? The words of this book. Who shall tell thee words by where, whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved? We must tell the words. Amen. What do they want to get rid of? The words. I'm reading Gail Ripplinger's book on hazardous materials. Man, that woman's a brilliant person. Yeah. I wish I could just download her brain into my head. Eight hours a day for 30, 40 years, collating and gathering material, researching, doing stuff. This woman's gone through fields. There ain't no preacher ever going to walk down. I'm telling you, God's touched her. And I'm reading, I'm reading that book, and she's talking about how all these King James Bible-believing preachers are being duped out of their Bible because they go to lexicons and other things, and they change the terminology and the words of our Bible, and then we begin to start adopting words that these men designed and transformed that ain't God's words. And now we got them quoting. And, I, and I've told Brother Nick and others I've heard sometimes, I said, hey, there's guys you can tell. They're quoting NIV from their commentaries. And when they're preaching, you can hear them NIV words come out and things that they're saying because the books they're studying, Vines and Strong's and all that other stuff are all designed to rob your faith of that King James Bible. And they may say, I got a King James Bible. And when they come out, they're, they're saying stuff from words and definitions. Amen. It's coming from corrupt words. Right. The battle's over the words. Amen. Saying cometh and taketh immediately what? The word that was sown in their heart. Listen, that's what he wants to do is get rid of this book. You know what I'm thankful for? I'm glad I didn't go to a Bible college. Amen. I'm glad I didn't have to go to all them books. I'm glad I don't study all them books. Amen. Amen. I'm not against reading books. I'm just talking about studying their books. Right. They produce books that are destroying preachers that never come to their schools because they're robbing their faith in this book and changing the words in their commentaries and their dictionaries and the definitions are being changed and then they're quoting it in the pulpit and it's contrary to the book. I'm glad I don't go to their books to get definitions. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I don't go to no lexicon and dictionary. And do a, listen, the only thing I might go to is a Noah Webster 1828 dictionary to get a hold of something a little bit. But then I compare it and make sure that it lines up with the book. Amen. Amen. You better you better make sure. And Ripplinger wrote a book about how the Bible's got its own dictionary. And if you know the book, you read the book in context, it'll tell you. Amen. Father, we love you. Thank you.